The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. Axon. Ah, no. Axon. Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axon. Ah! Axon. Oh. Axon. Oh, he went from the bottom. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. With all due respect to Rob Rossi and Will Graves, I think the show peaked when we were doing play-by-play of England and Columbia. I agree. Yeah. But that's the way it was going to be. I got no problem with that being the high point of the show, but I feel like everything else after that, at least in my opinion, just hasn't lived up. It's good to know about Will Graves' 4th of July plans, but... I mean, did we really learn anything on today's program? Apart from a bunch of crouches beating... The snot out of the soccer ball into the back of the Colombian net. You found the Crowley Show? Your mom listens. You should do. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. I have results from yesterday's Twitter poll. This is where we can learn something. Worst hairline, LeBron James or Rajon Rondo? Tom, who do you think won? I'm going to go with LeBron. You nailed it along with 66% of the voters. Now, I think that might be one of those things where LeBron James is that great, so they're going to vote him immediately. the exact same thing. You just yeah. see the name LeBron, you hit vote LeBron. You hit vote LeBron. Because they probably thought it was LeBron or Michael, right? And they probably didn't read the hairline thing. They probably just thought it was best of all time. I think that's the way it goes. Anytime LeBron James in a Twitter poll, you've got the LeBron James truthers, the LeBron James lovers, the stands, if you will, that are just going to jerk it all over him. Don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Did the Penguins really lack leadership last year? Jason Mackey will be joining us coming up in about 13 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Spoiler alert, I talked to him before, and he said he does think that the Penguins... Had a leadership problem last year. I don't buy it. I just don't. Sure, he is a leader. Chris Kunitz is a leader. They've got leaders on the team. Sidney Crosby. Evgeny Malkin, in recent years, has spoken up when the team needs somebody to speak up. They've got guys who have been around for a long time, who know what it takes to win championships. And if you've won championships, like most of the players on the roster, or at least the top half of the roster, well, then... Why do you need extra leadership? As much as I do like Matt Cullen and do think the leadership is valuable, I'd like to see a good hockey player. And if he comes in and he can score 11, 12 goals on a fourth line and be productive that way, to me that adds a lot more than the leadership does. That's not why the Penguins lost to the Capitals last year. Hell no. Penguins had, I thought, leadership. They were down 2-1 to one in the series against the Capitals. They came back and tied it. They came from three goals down to beat the Flyers in Game 6 on the road. That shows moxie. That shows balls. That shows leadership. They battled through adversity to even make the playoffs last year. It wasn't a lack of leadership. I hate an intangible like that. Like leadership. Being a catch-all. And GMs do it all the time when they need to tweak a team. Well, I'm bringing this guy in, and you're going to question his analytics, and you're going to question the things that you see with his eyes, with your eyes. So what the GM will say is, oh, he's invaluable to the dressing room. This guy is a great person 
on and off the ice. And that's supposed to matter to me somehow. Like, I'm supposed to care. Sure, it helps. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but does it help more than being a good hockey player? The Penguins lost Daly and Cullen and Kunitz and Hainsey, Benino and Flurry last year going into the regular season. Was that the reason they lost? I've got my theories. I think if Malkin and Kessel and Broussard are healthy and playing at the top of their games, then the Penguins probably do beat Washington last year, then we see what happens. But losing those players, I don't think hurt so much so from an intangible standpoint that the Penguins couldn't contend for a championship. I do think that losing those players did hurt them, though, from an on-the-ice standpoint. And to me, that is always worse. Losing players who are productive on the ice. That's when you get killed. That's when you have trouble. That's when you limp into the playoffs. Who would you rather have on your fourth line? Kunitz or Kuhnhockel? Kunitz can add scoring punch. Kunitz can kill penalties. Kuhnhockel can kill penalties and he can tell jokes. Tom Kuhnhockel is a funny guy. He's a nice guy. He thanks people for interviews. I loved him. A lot of people did. I'd rather have Kunitz. Not because of the leadership, but because Chris Kunitz is a better player. Remember when the season started and Carter Rowney was playing third-line center, fourth-line center, Greg McKegg was flipping in and out with him? Who'd you rather have, Carter Rowney or Matt Cullen? Uh, Matt Cullen? And would you rather have Matt Cullen because of the leadership or because he's a better hockey player? I'd say because he's a better hockey player. How about Trevor Daly or Chad Ruedel? I'm taking Daly. Is it because of the wisdom that he can impart upon the young hockey players? Am I all about Trevor Daly because he was the guy Sidney Crosby handed the cup to? Oh, everyone loves him. He's a great guy. Pinch his little cheeks there. No, it's because he was a good player. How about Bonino or Greg McKay? Who'd you rather have? Bonino because of the in the dressing room contributions? Because he's always going to lay it on the line and be a good leader by example? That's part of it. But to me, the more important part is the fact that he's better than Greg freaking McKaig. How about Flurry or Niemi and DeSmith and Jari? God love Jari. He's a good young prospect. Casey DeSmith is someone the Penguins really like. But you'd rather have Flurry, and not just because of what he brings to the dressing room. Because he's better. You can talk about leadership all you want. But the effect on the ice was the reason that things didn't work out in the regular season. Period. And a lack of leadership sure as bleep wasn't a reason that they got knocked out in the playoffs. What I heard a lot about was their legs and the flaws. They can't skate. They're tired. They played too much hockey the last couple of years. What I didn't hear a lot of was the leadership. What I didn't hear a lot of was, at the time, the Penguins missing guys like Cullen and guys like Kunitz because they know how to play. And they know how to tell the young guys how to play. I don't recall hearing a bunch of that over the course of the regular season. I really don't. Now, maybe I was missing it, but I'm always more interested in looking at the dynamics on the ice than the dynamics off the ice because I don't think that they affect the game as much as you, well, think they do. And then these drive the narrative. That's all they do. Think about when the Penguins were down three games to two to Tampa Bay back in 2016 in the Eastern Conference Final. And I love Mike DeCourcy. Have him on the show. He's a good dude. He's a great writer. Good opinion, man. And he said Sidney Crosby's not doing a good enough job as Penguins captain. He's not a good enough leader. Then he goes on to 
win that series, win the next series, and guess what? Guess what? He wins a consmite. Does that mean he's a great leader now? So if you win, you're a great leader. If you don't, you're not. Was Matt Cullen not a good leader last year? Is that why Minnesota didn't make the, didn't play well in the playoffs? Is that why they weren't good? Because he was a bad leader there? And I've heard that he did not love the situation that he was in. Did he voice it? Was he a good leader in Pittsburgh because they won? Is that why? Do we actually know Matt Cullen's a good leader? Do we even know or is it just because they won two freaking championships? He scored four goals two years ago when they won the first cup with him. So I guess it's three years ago, technically, in hockey terms. Whatever. Scored four goals. He can be sleeping with Sidney Crosby's mom. And I don't care. Score goals in the playoffs. That's what it's about. Make plays. That's what it's about. The interesting thing to me about Matt Cullen isn't the leadership that he provides. It's, what's this mean for Broussard? What's this mean for Shane? Doesn't mean anything. Is he just going to be a fourth-line left wing? And if he is, great, because he can score goals more so than a guy like Tom Kuhnhockel. Like The intangible thing matters to an extent, obviously. You want to get along with your teammates. You're going to play better if you're having fun. I get all that. But, like, yo, where's he fit on the ice? That's what's important to me. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I think fans are the worst because they're all talking about the leadership stuff, too, and they're talking about John Tavares leaving. You see Islanders fans burning the jerseys, and, yo, don't burn... A Tavares jersey, just burn all your Islanders crap. If you want to be mad at anyone, be mad at them. Be mad at the way that they've run their franchise. Be mad at the way that they didn't get anything for their franchise player. They could have moved him last year. They could have moved him at the deadline. Nope, nope, nothing. That's who I'd be pissed at. But they burn his jersey. Why? Because he chose to go somewhere else for a lot of money in a place that he has a better chance of winning for longer? Come on now. We do this all the time. Like, Boogie Cousins, if he had taken a max deal somewhere, Boogie Cousins is the devil, right? All he wants is money. He doesn't want to win. Now he takes less money to win, and all of a sudden he's the guy who took the easy road. Man, fans suck. That's why you can't listen to him. And Jim Rutherford in his press conference the other day with Jack Johnson made it abundantly clear that the Penguins are listening. Don't listen to fans. Run your ship. You'll be fine. I try to tune people out all the time. I can't imagine how many people scream at me on a daily basis that I've already muted. Because the people that I did mute did come after me on a daily basis, and I just finally got fed up with it. That's the best way to go about business, I think. Coming up next, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Going to talk to him about Jack Johnson. How's he fit in? How's Matt Cullen fit in? Are the Penguins missing leadership? Were they before Matt Cullen? It's all on the way. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. What's that, sir? Can I place an order for pickup, please? Everything's done at the window, sir. At the window? Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the flyer's window closed. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
Were the Penguins devoid of leadership? Well, Jim Rutherford makes it kind of feel like they were, huh? I don't know if I agree with all that. We bring on Jason Mackey now of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to discuss. Jason, how you doing today, man? Doing great, Crowley. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I want to get this out in the open. I apologize for drunk texting during the NHL draft. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, just a little bit hammered. Drunk texting me about the NHL draft. That was, well, I guess not directly about the NHL draft, but about media availability at the NHL draft. That well, we, we got around to that, but I started out saying, Mackie, what's the scoop, man? What do you got for me? Dude, you were reporting on the reporters when I got Mike Sullivan alone. You texted me wanting to know what I had. I was <laughs> writing furiously, and I get this text from you. Like, how do you even know what I have? I'm tapped in on the people who are tapped in. How about that? Dude, my wife didn't even know what I what I had and what I was doing. And here Crowley finds stuff out. This is remarkable. Poor Metzer. I sent him a paragraph and a half. Hey, man, what are you hearing? What's going on? What's the buzz there? And he's like, I don't know, man. Sorry. He was he was very nice about it, but, you know. Uh, Mackie, this Cullen signing that the Penguins made, uh, did you see it coming at all? And, well, did you see it coming at all? Not whatsoever, pal. Not whatsoever. And even to the point that I texted Matt on, um, I don't know what morning that was, Sunday morning, saying, have you made a decision yet on next year? Um, I did, You know, I hadn't, hadn't heard. I I texted him jokingly when a picture surfaced of him wearing a 412 shirt and said, like, good eyes, pal. And so, you know, I didn't hear anything about his hockey future and he never answered me. And now I figured out why he never answered me. And, and so, no, I didn't see it coming uh, whatsoever. And I don't think it was a long time in the making. I mean, I truly believe Rutherford and Cullen when, when he says that after they signed Shea and Rutherford picked up the phone and called him, I think there was a period where the Penguins thought that spot might go to Chris Kunitz. But you saw Coons get one year, one million. I think the Penguins wanted to save a little bit on that. And so Rutherford picked up the phone, called Colin. Colin has been eager to come back here for a long time. Um, has missed Pittsburgh, did not find the fit he had here in Minnesota. And so it was a pretty easy deal to get done. So if the Penguins were interested in Kunitz and then obviously did wind up bringing Colin in, that does lead to the question, do they do they believe that they had a leadership void last year? I don't think it hurts to bring in extra leadership, but I didn't know that they might have had a problem. Do you think they had a problem? Yeah, I do. Wow. I do. And I think that was a, you know, I don't think they were hugely deficient, but they missed a guy with some mileage on him. And I know that they hoped that they could turn the reins over to Matt Murray and Brian Dumoulin and some young guys. And I, believe me, I think the world of Matt Murray and Brian Dumoulin and some of these guys, but they're just, it's through no fault of their own. They're not 41 years old. If they're not 38 years old, you need to have somebody with a little bit of perspective. And looking back now, Adam, I can I can see where Jim is coming from. You know, there's just a dose of perspective there that Matt Cullen has in tough situations and playoffs and Curtis as well. Um, that you know, Jake Gensel might be able to do all the things in the world on the ice, but off the ice, he just doesn't have that yet. And that's no fault of his own, but you need to go out and get one of those guys if you don't have them. And so kudos to the Penguins for acknowledging that. Uh, hot takey radio question upcoming. Are you ready? Oh, boy. And don't think that there's any opinion behind it, but I will ask the question. Does that reflect poorly on the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins? No, it does not. I don't think so whatsoever. I think Sidney Crosby is a tremendous captain. I don't, you know, it, leadership is not a, a one-person thing. You know, it, it, you can't look at this and blame Sid. I, I think if anything, you look at it and blame Mike Sullivan and, and Jim Rutherford, probably more Rutherford than Sullivan. It's just how your team is constituted. 
You know, the, the Penguins had a lot of leaders the two years they won the Cup other than Sid. And to quote Jack Johnson, Sid drives the boat, but at the same time you have to have guys in support roles. And I, I told this story on your show before, but I believe it, it was one of those games in Ottawa, maybe game four. Um, they had a really bad loss. They played terribly. Matt Cullen was just sitting at his locker stall. Like he was just literally waiting for somebody to come up to him, ask him a question, and then he was going to go off. And I was lucky enough to be that guy. Uh, I noticed Cullen sitting over there, went up to him first, and I said, what would you think, Matt? And he goes, we played like blank and just went off. And then, you know, Cullen starts going, everybody else sees, they all gather around. But, like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, somebody needs to say something. And Sid will run through a wall for you, but he's probably not going to be that guy who stands up and says, says something that, like, Everybody turns and says, wait, he, he came out and said what? He did what? You know, Sid's just, he's too sort of by the book for that. In terms of Matt Cullen's fit on the ice, what's his fit on the ice? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to look at a couple different things here, Adam. I think what having Matt Cullen on the phone enables them to do is to kind of sniff around the trade market, and I think they're going to do that. Um, if nothing works out, Derek Broussard would probably be the guy to go. And again, I don't, I don't think they're going to actively look to trade Broussard. I just think that Jim's going to kind of put an ear to the rails and, and see what happens. And he could if he wanted to. Uh, let's say they come back just the way they are. You know, nothing happens. I think Cullen is probably your fourth line center. I think you probably try to bump Riley Shea into wing. Um, but whatever you do, you have some flexibility in your bottom six. And then if somebody gets hurt, you're probably going to have no issue whatsoever moving Cullen up in the lineup. He's shown he can do it throughout his career. Um, And so you just have a bunch of other options. As for Jack Johnson, and we're joined by Jason Mackey here on the Crowley Show, Uh, yes, the analytics are terrible, uh, but what do the Penguins see in him in terms of skill set that they can hone? And what do you think that they've seen that they like about this guy? Jason? Jason. I'm here, Adam. My phone just cut out on you, I think, or something. I lost you for a second. Are you okay? You got me. Are you good? We don't have him. Call him back. We'll get Jason back. I want to know what the skill set is. I got to know what Jack Johnson's going to provide to the Penguins. Mackey did disagree, though. Penguins had a leadership void last year. Uh-oh. 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 Sidney Crosby not being a good captain. Uh-oh. What happened? What's he doing? I am not there every day like Mackie is. I'm not. So for him to say that, there's something behind it. But I think the loss of the Beninos of the world, guys like that, they matter from a hockey playing standpoint. We got Mackie back. Jason, are you okay? I'm okay. Yes, I was, I was talking. I guess it wasn't going anywhere. Okay, I was scared. Uh, what do the <laughs> Penguins see in Jack Johnson? Well, the Penguins see in Jack Johnson a, a physical defenseman who can play a simple game. Um, he can make a good first pass, and that's not just like fluff or hockey talk or whatever. I mean, there there are analytics out there that you know might criticize Johnson in some areas, but him his ability to make a good first pass and get out of the zone is very good. Um, but they think that Sergey Gonchar can rehab him. They can sit down together and figure out what works in his game. Um, they're not buying the stuff that happened in Columbus. They're not buying the stuff that's happened throughout Johnson's career. Um, I think the hope is to play him with Justin Schultz and for him to kind of be a straight man with Schultz and enable Schultz to to do some different things. So uh, the Penguins weren't scared off at all by what had happened to Johnson in Columbus. 
Are the Penguins better today than they were at the end of the season? I think they are, Adam. I really do. And, you know, I like Matt Hunwick as a player. I like him as a person. I completely understand why Buffalo was interested, but it wasn't going to work here. And so you've taken that player and you've turned him into somebody who, you know, if everything we're talking about works out with Jack Johnson, is going to be a really big fit, potentially a top four defenseman. Um, I liked Connor Sherry, too, but there wasn't a regular role for him. And so if you're going to tell me that they can take Connor Sherry out of the lineup and put Matt Cullen in, I would have made that trade every day of the week. And other than that, everybody else is coming back. So I, I like what they've done. Um, I don't know. I, I think I might be in the minority there, given some of the fan feedback that I've already gotten. Oh. You've probably gotten it, too. Um, if somebody was asking me, did Rutherford take too many pucks to the head when he was a goaltender because these moves don't make any sense. And while I understand, I think we should all kind of let him play out a little bit. I don't, I'm not ready to crush Rutherford just yet for what he did. I think there is a, a potential that these moves work out very well. And, and can you really criticize a guy in a management team or whatever that has won the past two Stanley Cups thinking, hey, these guys basically did that. We're going to let them go do it again and just make a few minor tweaks. I don't have a problem with that. Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. How much did Crosby push for Jack Johnson? Actually, not much at all, um, which was different than what I had heard um, in all of this. I think it was different than a lot of what people believe. And, you know, I I think Sid tried to talk to Jack Johnson uh, just about how much he loves Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think Jack maybe viewed that as kind of a push, but I guess Sid just, you know, kind of does that a lot. He talks about how happy he is in Pittsburgh and how friendly of a situation it is. So maybe to Johnson it came off as a bit of a sales pitch, but I don't think in Crosby's mind it was. I know Crosby didn't go to Jim Rutherford and and say, like, you have to sign this player or I'm going to take my toys and go home. I mean, it wasn't that sort of deal. Um, but if Crosby vouching for what the Penguins have in terms of team culture and player treatment and whatever qualifies as a sales, as a sales pitch, then – and Sid did do that. Um, I, I just think that, you know, it, it wasn't as overt as maybe all of us thought initially. Jason, I saw the Penguins were ninth in terms of Stanley Cup odds out of Vegas for next year. Seems like that's not the place that they should be. I, I think that the Jack Johnson signing and them not doing anything sexy over free agency maybe rubbed a couple people the wrong way. The way I look at it is, if Broussard's the player they thought he was going to be and Kessel is healthy and Malkin's healthy, they might not lose to the Capitals. So I think that they're as good as anybody in the Eastern Conference. I think they're as good as anybody in the league. Yeah, I don't buy that stuff, man. I mean, that's the same service that last year at the Vegas Golden Knights said last. I mean, what, what are we really doing here? I, I don't I, – I see a lot of writers, like, put that crap on Twitter. Like, I mean, I guess you're – sort of conveying information right or wrong, but I just don't – I don't see how anybody can look at these teams right now and say something's going to work. I mean, I'm sitting here saying, you know, I think Cullen is going to be a good fit or Johnson's going to be a good fit or something, but, like, what do I know? You know, I, there's a little bit of a short bet with Cullen, but you just can't – you don't know any of this stuff until they get on the ice. You know, and Jack Johnson is such a, a wild card at this point that, yeah, I mean, I understand why Jim made the move, and I, I, I would bet on – Sergey Donchar, too, and that was one of Rutherford's quotes from Sunday. Um, but is it a sure thing? No. Is it a sure thing that, you know, I mean, the Capitals could go into this thing and Nicholas Baxter and Kenny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin could all get hurt and be lost for the year. So I don't buy any of that crap. I mean, I know that the Penguins 
as currently constituted, if they can play the way they've proved two of the past three years, they'll be just fine. Uh, if you look at a good hockey team and how they're supposed to be built, you know, they have a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. They have two of the best offensive players, centers in the history of the game, some really good complementary pieces. I think their defense is as good as anybody in the league, uh, which may sound insane, but on a good day, they can be. Uh, and, you know, that's good enough to be in the thick of it, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a guy by the name of uh, Carlson who's still out there who might change the balance of power a little bit somewhere. Yeah, I mean, Carlson or Tavares? Well, Tavares moving, I mean, that's huge. But now if, if Ottawa does wind up moving Carlson, that's going to be big. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, and, and I, we all look at the Tavares thing and say, oh, my God, Toronto, and the, the balance of power is shifted to Toronto and whatever. Like, what on the off chance that it doesn't work out? What on the off chance that John Tavares gets hurt? Then all of a sudden we're, we're screwed in that stuff. But I don't know. I, I'll be intrigued by the Eric Carlson thing and see, seeing where he goes. But um, I don't know if that's going to make any one team, you know, that wasn't a Stanley Cup contender before instantly a Stanley Cup contender because they got Eric Carlson. You know, I look at Carlson and think his game would look really good in Vegas. You know, they need a player like that. But to me, they're they're right there. To begin with, I wouldn't be ready to bury Vegas anyway. I mean, they're going to, I don't think the West is nearly as good as the East, but when all is said and done, I think Vegas is going to be there. And then you pick up a piece like Carlson, and my goodness, I mean, that that really does give you a bit of, you know, a huge competitive advantage. Penguins are uh, definitely in on Carlson, right? <laughs> we should ask Rutherford the next time. It was, it was a riot asking him about Tavares, man, and I, and I was one of the ones doing it too. Yeah, he's going to let me know by five o'clock if he's going to be a third line <laughs> center. But they're not in on Carlson. I'm sure those rumors will pop up. They're hilarious. Well, it just—I think Penguins fans are spoiled, obviously, based on the team's success. But it seems like they're always linked to those big fish. So when a guy is out there, someone in the Canadian media always floats. Well, watch out for Pittsburgh. Watch out for Pittsburgh. So I'd suggest in these circumstances not to watch out for Pittsburgh when it comes to Eric Carlson. Is they're their own worst enemy on this stuff too, and Jim Rutherford is very aggressive in terms of like <laughs> checking on players and, and looking at things. And you know, when you do that a lot, you end up getting linked to guys. You know, expressing interest is like different than putting a full court press on potentially recruiting a guy or trying to get him right. or whatever. But the Penguins will they'll kick tires a lot, and so they get linked and whatever. But I mean, a guy like Aaron Carlson, come on, folks, let's use our brains. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Jason, appreciate the time, man. Thanks as always. And uh, I'm going to a bachelor party this weekend, so expect me to ask you about Carlson via drunk text. <laughs> By this weekend, pal, I am not going to be talking hockey with anybody, at least I hope. We're going to take some much-needed downtime. But enjoy your bachelor party. And enjoy your downtime. See you, pal. All right, dude. Later. Jason Mackey, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Good guy. I really was hammered that night. That was the night before the wedding, before I went on vacation. And, guys, I was texting everybody <laughs> at at the draft, everybody who was in Dallas. I texted Mackie. I texted Yoey. I texted Metzer. I think that's it. I think those are the three. And I was just begging them for information. The best part is they're all seeing each other. So they're like, you get a text from Crowley? Yeah, like Crowley's bomb. You didn't text Stu Gotts at all while you were at it? I didn't. Yeah. The thing about <laughs> Metzer's the nicest guy in the whole world. He sent a whole paragraph back. Well, here's what I'm looking at right now, and I don't know if anything's <laughs> going on. Yo, he said, I don't know about anything, but Jason Mackey's got a one-on-one -on -one interview with Mike Sullivan coming up here. So then I text Mackey, and I say, hey, man, what did... 
Jim Rutherford say? Or what did, uh, pardon me, what did Mike Sullivan say? And he's like, how the bleep do you know that I'm talking to Rutherford? You're scooping the media. I did. He's like, what are you talking about? How do you know that? He didn't tweet it. No one knew anything. He was going to have a one-on-one with them, and they were going to talk about all kind of crap, like the Phil Kessel conundrum, and whether or not they were best friends or enemies. And I was looking for that scoop. That's guy, you know, look, I was sitting around with my wife and all of her friends, and they were drinking and carrying on and getting reacquainted. They haven't seen each other all in a group in a long time. They're all college friends, and I thought, it's the draft night. Maybe Phil Kessel gets traded. How can I get the scoop before they get the scoop? And then if I got the scoop, I was going to tweet it like I got it. <laughs> that was my game. I was going to get Mackie to fold over or to roll over some information, and I was just going to Take it for myself. You would have never gotten a text back from him again. You would have been instantly ghosted yes. for the rest of your career. Well, I felt weird about asking him to come on the show because, I mean, I really went after him that night. Because he's, he's the guy who engaged the most. So we talked for an hour there. Now thinking back on it, he was probably trying to write a story. It was probably really annoying. <laughs> me? Booze? Annoying? No. Hey, just do me a favor tomorrow. Yeah. Don't text anyone. I'm not Just drinking let the, tomorrow. Let the guys have the day ah, off. Yeah. You're not drinking tomorrow. I can't. It's so funny every you, time you say it. What do you mean you can't? I Wait a minute. What do you mean you can't? Look, I gained three pounds on vacation, so I worked out really hard yesterday. I worked out really hard today and have not been eating anything bad. Dude, and I, I know you. You cut out food before you cut out alcohol. What's going on here? It's just all week. I've got to behave well because I know I'm going to drink 55 more beers this weekend for my friend's bachelor party. So I just... I can't be doing it in the middle of the week, too. I got to try to get some semblance of a normal, healthy lifestyle. I just look, no official bet here or anything, but I'm just going to call the shot. You're drinking tomorrow, dude. Yes, he is. You are. Nice cold American Pilsner. Yeah. I mean, God, it's the birthday of our nation. How are you not? So you're saying if like 2018 years old, America. If like, say Tom and I rolled up to your house tomorrow and you're hanging out Mm -hmm. and uh, we roll up with a six pack of beer, just Mm -hmm. six pack. You're Mm -hmm. not going to have one with us. You'll say, no, guys, I have to watch that. I have a bachelor party this weekend. I gained three pounds. I gained three pounds, guys, but you'll have one with us, right? I mean, at least one. Well, I'm going to have two if I'm going to have any because, I mean, it should be an even split. Well, this is my game here. I know once we get one to hit your lips, then, of course, we all know it tastes so good, and and you're done. Dude, you're drinking tomorrow. Shut up. I don't even want to hear this. And if you have two, I mean, you're going to have three. Yeah. And if you have three, all bets are off. The crowd man will be out before you know it. The Crow Man will be texting <laughs> Rob Beer Temple to see how far the Pirates are behind against the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> Coming up next, other crap, three stars of the show, and I'll just take the deck. CSP in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. So you go double kibasi? It's been known to happen. Holy crap. I mean, I can see you taking two kibasis at once in college, but probably not on a sandwich. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Dallas Stars are the frontrunners to land Eric Carlson, which would be the most Dallas Stars thing ever to do get a really good player despite not being that great a hockey team, and then they'd wind up missing the freaking playoffs anyway. Or they just scratch the surface and make the playoffs but get blown the bleep out by a team like Winnipeg. 
I mean, get a great player when you get a chance to get a great player, but is it really going to make that big of a difference this year with Boogie going the Golden State Warriors? It's like a Friday, basically. You know, I'm, I kind of don't care the way this next segment goes, so keep that in mind. Hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Tomorrow you might eat hot dogs. You might eat hamburgers. Maybe some French fries. Drink some good old American beer. And you might think to yourself, this is the most American thing I can do today. Eating meat and drinking, bro. Barbecuing. Hanging out. Maybe getting a little bit of a sunburn. Maybe come in on Thursday and get a little color in your face. That's American, right? Sure it is. Of course it is. Hell yeah it is. But the most American thing that I've seen over the course of the last couple of days is Americans trying to fix soccer. It's so American. It's what we do. Pizza's Italian, people. And just so you know, it's Italian. They do it better over there. Fight me. But we've made it ours. Our sushi sucks, but I like it. Tom probably doesn't anymore. Tacos are great, but we ruin them with Taco Bell. Really, it's just, it's imperialism. That's what we do. That's who we are. We will stamp our culture all over your culture, and that is America. What else have we ruined? A lot. Now we have to take something that's not ours. Soccer. Hell, we even gave it its own name. Soccer. And they try to make that better, too. I was listening to the Get Up show with Mike Greenberg and whoever the bleep else, Michelle Beadle, they have on there. Jalen Rose. And Jalen Rose. All right, so we covered it. Didn't have to go with the whatever the bleep. Those three. And now that they're done trying to save and fix baseball, they're trying to take PKs out of soccer because they want to fix that, too. I mean, why do we got to do that? We got to make that better, too? I don't think so. No way, Jose. And I mean that. It's Jose's game, not ours. If they want to fix it in England or Brazil or France or Spain, I can get behind that. But we have no right to tell them how to get it done. Except we do, because we're Americans. And that's America. Bang. That's the end. Bang. America. Stop. The music. Hottest take of the day. That's it. Right there. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. LeBron James bought a $23 million house in L.A. Wonder if it came with hair clippers. Woo! Other crap. Nice hairline. Woo! Other crap. Alexander Ovechkin is taking the Stanley Cup to the World Cup. To Russia. Robert Kraft says that's not a good idea. Woo! Other crap. I don't get that one. What do you mean? Woo! Other crap. I mean, like LeBron's hairline, I don't, I don't get the Kraft one. I don't understand. Woo! Other crap. Putin stole his rings. Woo! Other crap. It's because I forgot to put the Putin line in. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. Woo! Other crap. Wow, you just sucked real bad at radio. That was really bad. Woo! Other crap. It's been 7,000 days since pit basketball won a conference game. Woo! 
other crap. I've always wondered what, what other crap sounds like when it's not planned. Woo! Other crap. Bad. Woo! Other crap. Would you just go to the three stars of the damn show already? <laughs> Get me the hell out of here so I can go not drink beers tomorrow. Three stars, Joe. Third star. Today's third star of the match, Crouch. Now we got England on the spot. It's Crouch again. It's always Crouch. <laughs> it's Crouch. Crouch again, number 12. He makes no mistake, Crouch. I thought the English goaltender's name was Crouch. Here now, we go, Crouch for the win, number four. With the weight of a nation on his foot. <laughs> That's going to make it very difficult to kick the ball. He should try using the other foot. Here he goes. And oh, he's got it! He's done it! Oh, he's he's done it. It's, England. it's a haystack of crouches. Se Actually, wait. I should probably do this in a British voice. Second star! Tonight! <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Tonight! Second Was that star! British? <laughs> oh, no. Let me try that again. Hello! That's second star! <laughs> Tonight! Second star of the show! England! England going bonkers. London, Liverpool, Manchester. You're just rattling off places you know. Swan City. <laughs> Buckingham Palace. Big Ben. That giant freaking Ferris wheel that they have. Yes, the English Ferris wheel. The big one. Chip, chip, cherry. <laughs> Chip chip cheerio! First star! By God! <laughs> Sorry. First star, damn it! <laughs> and tonight's first star of the show, Winston Churchill! Oh! oh Colombia puts England in a fix! Oh my word! It's like post war Churchill! <laughs> oh, no. Horrific! It's like post-war church. Yeah, his second opportunity as the uh, prime minister did not go well. No, it did not. No. Uh, you're talking the Second World War, then. Oh, yeah, what did I say? Okay, okay. Post-war, you said. Yeah, I was yeah. just making post, sure. Post, he's, post the Great War. He's around. Times well, the Great two. War was well, one. Well, Great War Two. Yeah. Great War okay. Square. It's like World War Two. <laughs> oh, no, that was awful. <laughs> We gotta get out. We gotta get out. Let the dogs out! What is wrong with that? That's what happens when you smack a ball around for an hour and a half instead of doing the show meeting. We'll see you Thursday. Eat meat tomorrow and drink beer. Eat crumpets! Have fun. Spot of tea! Tallywhacker! Jiggly bonker! Smog! Haggis! Football! <laughs> Get out! Get out! End the song! Get out! <laughs> <laughs>